0: So we're really privileged as a church uh, to support two pastoral care workers. So Nicole, who is at Torrensville Primary School, and then Celeste, who is at Lockleys Primary School as well. Uh, We've also uh, been involved in supporting the pastoral care worker at Lockleys North Primary School. So Coralie was there up until the end of term two, uh, but she finished up, she's actually moved into a different role where she's now the chaplain at the hospital school. So uh, the Women's and Children's and Flinders Hospitals both have a school for kids that are in hospital for long amounts of time and she's now the chaplain for that school which is a pretty amazing role uh, for her to have. Lockleys North decided to go with a different provider um, for their pastoral care worker uh, starting in term three and so we haven't met him yet um, but we're looking at doing that so that we can see how we can support him as well. But from an official capacity through SMG, uh, we get to support Nicole and Celeste. So why don't you tell us a bit about um, what a pastoral care worker does, uh, what's your role and what's your focus?
1: So pastoral care workers offer a unique dimension of care and support to students, family and staff. Pastoral care workers work alongside other wellbeing staff and welfare workers in the school. So there's six dimensions of chaplaincy. There's social and emotional support spiritual support, school engagement, community engagement and extracurricular activities. So this may involve partial care workers providing individual support, running social and emotional programs, running breakfast programs, gardening programs, boys sheds, attending school events, supporting families, working with the wellbeing team, connecting with local agencies and the wider community. Each school is different, and therefore, the work that the partial care worker does in the school is unique and varied. Each day is also varied and flexible depending on the needs that arise. Specifically, in Taronsville Primary School, some examples include facilitating and running friendship programs, social skills programs, working with children one on one, providing support to families where needed, connecting with local churches and agencies, and supporting staff wellbeing.
0: So it's a pretty broad role, isn't it? (laughs) It's pretty full on. And
1: each day is different.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a bit about why it is that you got involved in it. Like, why do you think that the role is an important role and why did you choose to jump into this uh, for work?
1: Great question. It is often said that a partial care worker's door is always open, which I love. Students and families learn that they can come to us and we're never too busy for them. We have the ability to be flexible in our day. We have a special gift of time, which is rare in schools, especially with teachers. Partial care workers in, are in schools to support families, students and staff. Staff wellbeing is a big priority for myself, as with most partial care workers. I believe that it makes it, it's a big difference to be able to bless the staff, to show you that we appreciate them, to acknowledge them and to be someone who is there for, to care for their wellbeing, to notice them and to check on them. To be a link between the wider community and the local churches is vital and benefits families, being able to provide resources and referrals and to link them with the services, as well as being able to connect local churches and support staff services to bless and support families going through a hard time, times of hardship, it makes a real difference. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 reminds us, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as I am doing. I see partial care as a real privilege to work alongside God's children. I believe that at times it is at times it's about comforting those for all journeys, being with the vulnerable, the upset, the lonely, showing Jesus' love and shining his light. I also have a heart providing opportunities to bless and eliminate barriers that may stop children or families participating in events or being included. So this may be such as sponsoring a child to go on a school camp on an excursion, attending a child's excurs- graduation, having a cupboard ready available with school supplies for a camp on excursion, so blankets, toiletries, overnight bags, beach towels, and recently a donation for school shoes.
0: Yeah, it's good. So it is a role where you really get to make a difference in people's lives, particularly when they're going through difficult times, whether that is students or families or staff. So why don't you share a couple of stories, um, specific stories, without names obviously, um, about where your role has had a real opportunity to be able to help some people over the last okay. little while.
1: So a difference that I believe I've made is the setting up and running of a friendship, resilience, self-esteem, problem-solving group for a year three, four class. So I've been running this program for the last six years with the support of the classroom teacher. So the girls come with me every week and the boys stay in the classroom and work with the classroom teacher running a similar program. So I love these opportunities to build relationships with the girls, to watch their self-esteem grow and the connections within the whole group develop and change as they slowly begin to understand and appreciate themselves and each other in the class. There are a few examples that I would like to share where the local churches and the community are being practically support and blessing to our school f- families. First, when our 67 six, seven students were planning their school camp, I met with the middle school teachers to see if there was any practical or financial need or support for these students attending in any way that I or the local churches could support these students. These stu- the teachers came to me with the idea that it'd be great to have a donation of items which we could keep at school to use each year for the students to borrow to go on camp, for example sleeping bags, towels, toiletries for the, those students that came without. We were blown away by the donations that we received. In sharing with the teachers, they were so grateful for this support, stating that it was a, this donation would go a long way for ensuring inclusivity, equality, and a strong sense of belonging for all individuals. We have now set up an ongoing storage area designed for this purpose that they can be used for years to come. She had another example from earlier this year. a mother was going through a tough time in many areas of her life, including financially. I was making contact with her on the phone to touch base and be a listening ear, letting her know that someone cares. I gave referrals to support services. This was at a time when two of her students had school swimming, another had a camp coming up. Together, we made a plan on how she was going to purchase favors, negotiate to pay some of the fees involved, and by speaking with the local churches, we blessed her with a food voucher to support her and her family. Through this role, as I mentioned before, I also like to serve the teachers, both providing support and thanking them for the wonderful work they do. I'm able to provide assistance and care for the staff well-being and morale. This includes class support, staff dinners, Competitions, morning teas, pick me ups, praising and acknowledging, and organising a mo- mobile coffee van. I'm also available for staff to debrief and just dis- discuss their concerns. Mm.
0: So, I had the privilege of being able to sit in on Nicole's review a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, it was myself and Kelly, who is the regional manager for SMG, uh, and also the principal. And honestly, it was just amazing to be able to sit there and particularly to hear John talk about how much he values you, the principal, um, in your role and values you as a person. And the difference that you've made, again, not just with the kids, um, but with families and with the staff as well. And uh, so it's just a really, really great example of the opportunity that we've got to be able to partner with someone who's making an incredible difference on the ground. And one of the things that is good to mention is that as a part of our budget as a church, we give a contribution uh, to the cooperating churches of West Adelaide, which we're a part of, uh, and that contribution goes directly to the work of schools ministry. And in particular, the opportunities like Nicole's been talking about, about being able to buy food vouchers, being able to buy sleeping bags, some of those sorts of things, there's money that's set aside specifically for her to be able to do that. And that is a part of what you give uh, in your regular giving. So thank you for the way that you contribute into the amazing work that's happening on the school there. So as a church then, um, like what are some ways that we can be supporting you both together as a church community, but also individually, what are some ways that people can be helping you and supporting you
1: in your role? So firstly, thank you so much for your ongoing support towards myself, the role and to the school. One way that local churches can be involved in the school is continuing to bless and thank the staff, to care for their wellbeing. Uh, ideas may be to inc- deliver fresh flowers to brighten up the staff room or the front office, to bake a cake for morning tea, to write a thank you note to the staff for all that they do, or to bring in any other small gift to show your appreciation. You may support the work of partial care workers, so that's my, myself all the other local schools, by saying yes to calls for assistance. For example, meals to support families, donations of items. You may be able to give your time or to support your local school. Things like helping at breakfast program, volunteering, listening to reading, participating in school's ministry week, or volunteering at local working bee. And of course, your continuous prayers for our students, families and staff are always valuable. Mm.
0: So if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about what's involved in helping out with any of those things, Nicole's going to be sticking around after the service for a while. So after the meeting, you can feel free uh, to have a chat with her. Um, But if at any point you're thinking it'd be great to be able to do something for the local schools, then come and have a chat with me uh, because it is something that we try and coordinate with other churches as well, um, partly so that we don't drop off like five cakes in one week and do nothing for the rest of the year, Um, but also just to be able to see what we can do together. And so if that's something that's interesting, for you or something that you would love to be involved in, then please come and have a chat with me. The other thing that's important to mention as a prayer need is that you've got a fairly big transition coming up at the end of this year. Um, John, who's been the principal there for 10 years, longer? eight, okay, um, has been very, very supportive of school chaplaincy at Torrensville and uh, you've had a really really great working relationship with him, uh, but he's retiring at the end of the year. And the Deputy Principal, who was there uh, until the end of Term 2, has moved into another role. So they've got some fairly significant transition happening at a leadership level at their school, and so it would be really, really great for us to be praying for them, uh, that they can find exactly the right person to step in and uh, step into both of those roles, and particularly someone who is really supportive of the Pastoral Care Worker Program and supportive of Nicole (laughs) (laughs) as uh, they move forward into next year. So... I know that's something that's a big deal for you because uh, it'll be a significant change for you and for the rest of the staff as well who've really valued John's leadership. So, yeah. So, we're going to take some time to pray now. Uh, so, let's do that. God, we are so grateful for Nicole and uh, the amazing. Um, person that she is in her role as a pastoral care worker for the light that she shines every single day that she's in the school and uh, as I said when I was able to sit in on uh, that review conversation a couple of weeks ago I was just struck uh, by what an amazing example she is of someone who gets up every day uh, with very open hands and says Jesus what have you got planned for today And then just tries to find herself in the right place at the right time, as she talked about during her review. And so we're grateful that she is uh, our representative as churches in the school and that she does such an amazing job uh, of that, that she gives us a really, really great reputation by the things that she does, but also that she gives us the privilege of being able uh, to come in and to support families and students and staff who might be struggling with lots and lots of different things as they make their way through years and other things that go on in their lives. Lives, then in very practical, tangible ways, uh, because Nicole knows them so well, we've got this opportunity to partner with her and with you to be able to make a difference. And so we're really, really grateful for that. And so we ask that you would continue uh, to give Nicole favour in her role, that you would continue to give her opportunities uh, to be in the right place at the right times to be able to have the right conversations with people, to be the amazing listening ear that I know that she is, uh, to be able to run programs that make a tangible difference in the lives of the students, um, and to be able to continue uh, to see ways of being able to represent you well. We pray in particular for Torrensville as they get ready to prepare for this major transition at the end of this year, and uh, as they get ready for a new principal to come in and all that's attached to that, um, we pray that you would provide exactly the right person to step into that role, who can continue uh, to create the culture that has been developed in that school uh, over many, many years, um, but particularly someone who is supportive of pastoral care workers and the role that SMG plays, so that Nicole can continue to do the amazing work that she's doing. We want to pray for Celeste at Lockleys North as well. We thank you for all the work that she does in a very different context in a much, much smaller school that has its own challenges. And uh, we ask that you would continue to give her all of the resources that she needs to be able to do the things that she does. And so we ask that you would continue uh, to inspire us and encourage us as a church about the opportunities that we've got to be able to make a difference uh, in these local schools around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Let's give Nicole a hand. Thank you. I'm always... Just incredibly encouraged about the privilege that it is for us uh, to be um, able to partner with people in the local community, whether it is Nicole and Celeste uh, or other people that we've got relationships with who are making a tangible difference uh, to people in the community around us. And a part of the reason for that is because we've talked a lot about the reality that our culture has shifted significantly uh, over the last number of decades. And one of the things that has changed significantly is people's perceptions of what church Is all about. Now, if we go back 15, 20 years ago, the perception that people had of churches had shifted significantly in a very negative way. And so there were lots and lots of people, and you probably know some, uh, who walked away from churches for all sorts of very negative reasons. They had bad experiences, they'd been really hurt by the church, they left because of politics or a whole bunch of other stuff and just decided to walk away. And so our mindset as churches had to be very focused on how do we connect with people who have this very negative mindset about who we are and what we're trying to do. But culture has shifted significantly again over the last 15 or 20 years to the point now where a lot of people don't actually have a frame of reference for church at all. They didn't grow up in the church. they They weren't a part of Sunday schools or kids programs. They just haven't been to a church at all. And in some ways that can be pretty discouraging for us because we can look at statistics and when the next census data gets released, we are very, very sure that it will show that less people are involved in churches than at the last census and that can be pretty discouraging for us. But in some ways I'm actually really encouraged about where that places us because what it means is that there are a lot of people in the community around us who don't have a whole bunch of baggage about church. And that means that we can engage with them in really healthy conversations about Jesus. We know that there are lots and lots of people around us who are very, very curious, spiritually curious, who are wrestling through the big questions of life, why are we here? What's the purpose of what we're here for? How do I have a good relationship in my family? How do I be a good employee? How do I make sure that I'm focused on the most important things in life? And we have these unbelievable opportunities to then engage in those conversations and to talk about Jesus' values and to talk about why Jesus has something different to offer than any other belief system and certainly than what our culture does. The challenge for us is that the only way for us to get into those conversations is to build relationships with people where we earn trust and where we show them that we genuinely care about them. Most people aren't going to just wander in on a Sunday anymore. Now, God can do whatever God wants, and it would be great if people just wandered in off the street and decided that they wanted to join our church community, but those days are pretty much over. Most people, when they drive past the church now, aren't thinking, I wonder what's going on there, and in a lot of ways, what people think when they drive past the church is similar to what you might think when you drive past a temple or a mosque. You probably don't stop and think, I wonder what happens in there? I wonder if some Sunday or Saturday or when do they even meet, should I go in there? People just drive past and they might see historical buildings, but they're really not thinking, that's a great place for me to wander in. And having people like Nicole and Celeste, who are representatives in places like our schools, is a really, really great opportunity to have some of those conversations And having people like me who are in my role in an official capacity and building relationships with different organisations in the community is really great too. The reality is that people kind of expect us to do those things. People expect us to be caring. People expect us to be passionate about the church. People expect us to be passionate about Jesus. If we want people to discover Jesus in our lives and the circles in which we walk week in and week out, And that requires all of us to make decisions to say, we're going to have our radars up to be able to see where Jesus is already at work. And that's the really great news about all of this. It's not our responsibility to take Jesus places. Sometimes we can think that we've got that mindset, that it's Nicole's responsibility to take Jesus into Torrensville Primary School because for some reason he's not there. Or for us to think that we have to take Jesus into relationships or conversations that we have with our friends or our workplaces or the different places that we go throughout the week. We don't actually believe that. We believe that Jesus, right now, in this moment, is at work in the life of every single person that we're connected with. So think of some people in your life, extended family, friends from school or uni, people that you work with people from your local shops that you go to regularly, your neighbours. Jesus, right now in this moment, is at work in their life. The challenge for us is to say, are we willing to put ourselves in a position where we can help them to see that? Because they're not necessarily going to have the language or the understanding to recognise that Jesus is at work in their life. And that's why we have our spiritual antenna up to say, huh, here's an opportunity to be able to have a conversation about that. So today I want to just very, very briefly reflect on a very short passage where Jesus is in the middle of training up his disciples to help them wrestle with this exact question. How do you help other people to discover the message of Jesus? How do you help people in the community around you to have a bit more understanding about what Jesus is up to? And in particular, what the kingdom, life the way that God created it to be, is all about. And so Jesus, in Matthew chapter 10, talks to his disciples at length. I'm going to send you out and here's the things that I want you to focus on. But in verses 11 to 13, Jesus says these words. When you come to a town or a village, go in and look for someone who is willing to welcome you and stay with them until you leave that place. When you go into a house, say, peace be with you. If the people in that house welcome you, then let your greeting of peace remain. But if they don't welcome you, then take back your greeting. Now, obviously, there's some contextual stuff that we need to focus on here, because the uh, point of all of this is not to say, so here's the plan. This week, what I want you to do is to go out into all of the local neighbourhoods and start knocking on people's doors and see whether they'll let you come and stay with them, because that's probably not going to happen. We're in a very different culture than in Jesus' day. But this concept of being a person of peace and trying to find a person of peace is incredibly helpful as we think about how we can connect with the community around us when we talk about peace, we've talked about this a lot. We're talking about this beautiful word, shalom, that means much more than just the absence of conflict. When we talk about peace and shalom, we're talking about life the way that God always wanted it to be, we we're living in a full, healthy relationship with God, a full, healthy relationship with the people around us, and a full, healthy relationship with God's creation. And so peace is about amazing, healthy relationships, Those moments of being able to sit around a dinner table with people that we love hanging out with and having meaningful conversations. Those moments where we experience to the depths of who we are something beautiful, like watching an incredible sunset down at the beach. The opportunity where we see someone step in and begin to fulfil their potential, to understand how they have been wired by God to be able to make a difference in this world and taking steps in that. Those moments of joy and contentment that we experience In our lives. All of that is summed up in this beautiful word, peace. And so Jesus encourages his disciples to embrace that way of life by focusing on two things. First of all, coming as a person of peace, and then secondly, connecting with people of peace. Coming as a person of peace, and then connecting with people of peace. So, coming as a person of peace means that we don't come with an attitude of condemnation or judgment. Our focus is not I'm wandering around trying to find out what's wrong with everyone else and to tell them what's wrong with them and to tell them to get their act together. We come in peace. We come with a mindset of being able to represent life the way that God created it to be. And we come trying to demonstrate what those values look like and being able to identify them in the circles that we walk in and to create environments where people get to experience that. But our focus is also then on trying to connect with people of peace, to be able to say, are there people who we can tell that Jesus' message, the concept of peace, shalom, the idea of the kingdom is clearly resonating with them. We can tell that they've got a common heart, common mindset. We can tell by the questions that they're wrestling with that there's something that's going on there. I'm not about you, but sometimes I can feel really, really overwhelmed about trying to talk to people about Jesus. I think about our neighbours that live around us and our desperate desire that we want them to discover more about the message of Jesus. But so often I can feel overwhelmed about that. I've got to make sure that I say the right thing. I've got to make sure I don't say the wrong thing. I've got to make sure that I represent Jesus well, but not in kind of a freaky, weird way. I've got to make sure that I kind of have good conversations with them, care for them enough, but not step on their toes. Like, you can just get so overwhelmed with the enormity of trying to talk about and represent Jesus well. But this is so beautiful because it simplifies it down so much. To say, are we embracing Jesus' values in our lives Are we living as people of peace? And then are we just trying to connect with other people who feel the same way? Even though they wouldn't necessarily use the same words as us, even though it's not because of the same beliefs as us necessarily, there's a sense where we're on the same page. And the other good news that's here in what Jesus said is this expectation that not everyone's going to respond to it. Because sometimes we can feel that pressure too, where we feel like it's our responsibility to try and convert everyone. But Jesus is quite explicit with his disciples where he says, you're going to go out and talk to people and some of them are not going to be interested. And when that happens, it's totally fine. Just move on and try and find someone else who is interested. Our focus is not trying to force Jesus' message down people's throats who aren't interested, but simply saying, who's resonating? Who's asking these questions and how can we connect with them? So I want to give us an opportunity to reflect on what that looks like for us personally and to try and identify who those people of peace might be that are in your life. And so uh, on your teaching notes, you have this question, who are the people of peace around me? Who are the people of peace around me? Now, once again, that can seem a bit complex and a bit overwhelming. So what I want to encourage you to do is to close your eyes and to try and picture someone or a number of someone's who might fit any of these different categories. So try and imagine the people that you're connected with. Again, extended family, your friendship circle, your neighbours, the people at school, uni, the people that you work with, people that you connect with on a regular basis. Is there anyone that fits any of these uh, categories? And if their face comes to mind or their name comes to mind, I want to encourage you to jot their name down. And we're going to take some time to be able to pray for them shortly. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to do as we head into this week. So close your eyes and see whether there's anyone that comes to mind. Do you know someone who is welcoming? Someone who loves to just welcome other people? Do you know someone who loves to os- offer hospitality? Who loves to create spaces where people feel like they belong? Do you know someone who's looking for opportunities to serve others? They just love to be in a position where they've got the opportunity to come alongside of people, particularly those in need and be able to serve them? Do you know someone who has an influence on other people? Someone who just seems to always have a positive influence on the people that are around? Do you know someone who's asking really, really great questions? Someone who's clearly searching, clearly wondering what life is all about? Do you know someone who loves to make the environment that they're in a better place? Whether that's the workplace, a better place, the school, uni, a better place, neighbourhood, a better place. Someone who just loves to help things be better so that people can experience real life. Is there someone or are there a couple of people that come to mind for you? If there are, I want to encourage you to jot their names down On that piece of paper. And what we're going to do is take a couple of moments now uh, while the music is playing to just be able to pray for that person or to be able to pray for those people and to be able to pray for opportunities. As I said when I was talking to Nicole, uh, one of the things that came up in her review and has come up in a number of conversations with all the pastoral care workers is this idea of just trying to be in the right place at the right time having an open heart and open hands to say, Jesus, just help me to be in the right place at the right time where I can just be what you need me to be. And so those are the two things that I'm going to encourage you to pray for, that person or those people, and then pray, Jesus, help me to be in the right place at the right time as I go into this week. So take some time uh, to pray uh, while we spend this time reflecting, and then I'll come back and wrap things up, and we'll transition across to communion. As a church family, this is something that we are going to need to continue to focus on in the weeks and months ahead, and it's one of the key parts of what we've talked about in terms of uniting together with Western communities, to be able to say, how can we together have an even greater reach into the community around us? And so I hope that there's stirring something in you this morning to be able to say, let's be excited about the opportunities that God's giving us to be able to make a difference in the lives of the people around us. And also just want to mention one other thing. You know, we talked a few months ago about the idea of hiring someone to step into our family community connections role. Uh, We have not had a single application for that role. And so that's something else I would love you to be praying about because we genuinely believe that that creates an opportunity for us to build more relationships. So, again, the idea is not that that person is then going to go and do all of this for us, but that they're someone who can cultivate some relationships that gives us the opportunity to be people of peace, to connect with people of peace. And so we would love you to continue to pray for us. We genuinely believe that God's got the right person out there. We just haven't been in the right place at the right time. And so we'd love you to join us in praying for that right person to show up. So let's take some time to pray and then we'll move into communion together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you have swept us up in your life of peace. Thank you that our goal in our lives is not to work hard enough, to, to strive hard enough, uh, to try hard enough, that we can somehow make our way uh, to this utopian picture of what peace looks like, but that in a lot of ways, our lives are about surrendering and letting go so that we can experience more of what you have already given us the opportunity to experience. We thank you that you call us to a relationship with you that is full and healthy and complete. And you call us to be people who live in healthy, full, complete relationships with the people around us as a part of our church family, but also with those around us in the community. We ask that you would continue to give us the opportunities to understand what it looks like to embrace your values and to live as people of peace, because we know that's what so many other people are searching for. But as we do that, we ask that you would also help us to connect with those who resonate with your values the people who you are at work in their lives right now in this moment. Every name that we've written down this morning, every person that we've thought of, we genuinely believe that you are at work in their life. They may not be aware of it, but we know that you are. And so we ask that you would help us to have our spiritual radar up so that we can see the opportunities that you give us to be in the right place at the right time to be able to have the right conversation, to be able to ask the right question, to be able to listen well, to be able to serve a need, to be able to do something that in some ways helps people to be able to discover your message, Jesus, and why we believe that it is so life-changing. So as we head into this week, I pray that you would help us to be released from the pressure that we have of feeling like we need to convert people, the pressure that we sometimes feel that we have to bring you into conversations or bring you into relationships that we've got. Set us free from those expectations and replace that with an ability to just be present and focused and aware of what it is that you're doing and to play the role that you call us to uh, to play so that other people can discover you. In your name we pray. Amen.